This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Plus, there's been precious little in terms of incomings at Liverpool this month, with Takumi Minamino the only senior arrival amongst Jurgen Klopp's first team. There have been a number of players sent out on loan to further their development. One of those, of course, is the fledgling forward Rian Brewster. And here on Blood Red, myself, Guy Clark, thought it about time that we track the progress of the youngster, albeit just one game into his Swansea City career. Having joined the Swans on loan, he was thrown straight in at the deep end. And joining us to talk about all of that and much more besides in terms of the expectation on his shoulders down at the Liberty Stadium is Wales Online Swansea City reporter and that is Ian Mitchell-Moore. Ian, thanks a lot for your time. How are you? Yeah, very good. Thanks, Guy. Thanks for having me on. We'll get straight into it then and talk about Rian Brewster and his debut. He was thrown in for a South Wales derby against Cardiff City. No bigger occasion really for him having only just made the move. Yeah, he couldn't have asked for a, a bigger game to go into. Uh, you know, it's the first uh, derbies this season for for a long time since the Premier League years. It was it the 2013-14 season. So uh, to go into that away fixture and, and lead the line for your new team on your debut, having let's not forget just played in a Merseyside derby a week earlier as well. It was um, yeah, it's been some week for him. And, and credit to him, you know, it was it was a really tough afternoon. He didn't get too much service. He came up against two, two mammoth centre-backs in Sean Morrison and, and Curtis Nelson. Didn't get much change out of them, but he really put himself about and, you know, he showed glimpses of what he could probably do in the, in the remaining months of the season at Swansea. I think it was a bit of a debate whether he'd start or not. Um, but with Sam Surridge being recalled by Bournemouth and Borja Baston not particularly pulling up trees at Swansea, he was probably the only real option. So I think um, it's a case of start as he means to go on and we can probably see a lot more of him in the, in the last, well, in the second half of the season. And how how surprising was it to see him go sort of straight into the squad or given Steve Cooper's work with him before and knows him, I suppose there was sort of less of a risk in terms of the manager knowing what he was going to get? Yeah, it was it was quite a debate, as I said, because he signed obviously on the the Wednesday, so he had um, uh, sorry on the Tuesday, and he had a few days training with his teammates, so he'd have had a bit of time to get to know um, the other players in the squad and work on the systems for that Cardiff game. But it was still a bit of a, a bold call from Cooper because he could have always played Andre Ayew up front as he did in the reverse fixture when Swansea beat Cardiff one 0 back in uh, October in Swansea. Um, but he didn't, you know, he stuck with Andre Ayew on the right and he, he put his faith in Bruce, as you said, he's someone he knows very well. Uh, he scored eight times in that successful World Cup, uh, the under-17s in 2017. He was finishing as the top scorer. So Cooper's, you know, a huge admirer of him, knows what he's capable of. And I think his work rate as well, that was obviously a massive plus in, in that game against Cardiff. Because even when he wasn't on the ball, uh, and wasn't able to be effective in the way he'd have liked. He was still helping the team in terms of making sure they weren't under pressure and, and working from the front, so to speak. So, yeah, it was it was a bold call. It wasn't entirely unexpected, but you know, it's a, a real baptism of fire, and you know, I think uh, it just shows how much faith Steve Cooper has in him. Yeah, he's been a guy who's been around the, the first team picture at Liverpool for a long time now, Rian Brewster. He's never really been able to get the minutes. And I suppose in terms of an introduction to first team football and your professional full sort of league debut, as it were, for Rian Brewster, having Sean Morrison thunder through you inside the first five minutes is some introduction, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, when that first challenge went in, I think players were wincing and um, I was sat in the press box next to um, a former Cardiff player Wales International Nathan Blake and first thing he just said was welcome to the championship so I think that summed it up really but 
you know, credit to him. He, he stuck at it. He could easily have um, been a little bit overawed by not just the occasion, but by the physicality of those defenders. And if anything, it was the opposite. He reacted to it really well. He put himself about and put in a few, you know, I'd say a few um, sly challenges himself. He got booked not too long after those um, skirmishes with Sean Morrison. I think it was only 11 minutes in, he got yellow carded. So um, Steve Cooper had a, a bit of a joke about that in his post-match press conference. But yeah, as I say, it was... Um, as tests go, they don't really get much tougher in this league because let's not forget, Sean Morrison was the man who captained Cardiff when they gained promotion just under Neil Warnock just under two seasons ago. So um, he's full of experience in the championship and to have that test on your debut and come through it, you know, as tough as it was, still be there fighting fit and, and going well at the end is um, it's only going to stand him in good stead, isn't it? Yeah, watching the game, that was one of the real things that, that stood out to me actually was how he was sort of wiped out with that aerial challenge and referee sort of waving play on. And for a young player, it would have been quite easy to go into his shell. But if anything, he did the, the complete opposite. You said before, working the line very well, defending from the front. Coming from a team like Liverpool, who often dictate the play, a different sort of style for him to get used to. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's just an indication of life in the Championship because even... You know, the, the clubs that are probably more similar to Liverpool's in terms of their style, like your, your Leeds and West Broms who dominate the ball, they still have to do an awful lot of dirty work in this division because, let's be honest, there's not too much between teams at the top and the bottom in this league, whereas, you know, the, the chasm in the Premier League from, from Liverpool to second and third is enormous, let alone to the bottom. So um, it's something that he's going to have to get used to and I don't think it'll be a problem for him. Steve Cooper doesn't see it as an issue either. Um and it just bodes really well because, like you say, he could have reacted negatively and it could have um, could have really overawed him with the fans on top of him and everything else. But it, it really didn't. He, he seemed to just respond to it. And I think that just shows how highly Liverpool rate him. You know, if he's got those traits that, you know, they're in you. You can't train people to be like that. You either have it or you don't. And, and he's shown that he does have it in abundance. So, yeah, it really does bode well. It's only 90 minutes. There's a long way to go. But, you know, fingers crossed he has some easier tests, home soil and... Um, yeah, it, it does bode well. It was um, it was a tough afternoon for him, but he um, you know he was still there fighting at the end. Yeah, and in, in terms of the courtship of Rian Brewster, Jurgen Klopp in his uh, pre-match press conference ahead of Spurs mentioned how every player they loan out will have to be specific to the certain club who come knocking, and Swansea have made no secret of the fact that they wanted Rian Brewster even from the summer. Yeah, um, obviously Steve Cooper didn't arrive until June, but. Um, with limited funds available, he's he's had to be very creative in the transfer market. And I think one of the problems in the summer as well was not having the head of recruitment, Andy Scott, who joined, I think it was only a week or 10 days before the season started. So it was so difficult to get deals done at that time. Um, and as I say, funds were, were limited. I think of the six players they signed, four were loans, one was a free transfer. Uh, and the other one was, funny enough, a former Liverpool man, Christopher Peterson, when he came from Heracles, uh, and that was only around 650,000. So um, he's had to be creative in the loan market. And you know, we're seeing a bit more of that this month with Rian coming in and, and Mark Gee from Chelsea as well. But yeah, he's, um, he's someone that he's been a, a big admirer of for a long time. And I just don't think it was quite possible at that time. And obviously from the Liverpool perspective as well, I think within... I, I, can't remember off the top of my head. You'll know better than me when he came back from his injury. But um, I think there was a few problems on that side of things as well. But it just made sense for all parties in January for him to come here, get this experience under his belt, and, and like you say, go back to Liverpool in the summer. Hopefully, a, a better and more experienced player. Yeah, and how great has Swansea's need been for someone at the top end of the pitch? Because obviously they lost McBurney in the summer and 
Dan James went to, to Manchester United. You said IU before, but just looking at some of the uh, statistics of, of recent games, it doesn't look like they've scored, or in fact scored more than one goal in a game, only once since the November international break. Yeah, it's, it's been a real problem. I mean, Ollie McBurney was fantastic last last season under Graham Potter, but they, they got a great deal for him in the end and there was no option with the, the situation financially at the club. They had to sell him. Um, Daniel James, so creative. And, and after his failed move to Leeds uh, a year ago, he came on leaps and bounds and obviously got himself at a massive move to, to Old Trafford, as you mentioned as well. So you're losing a lot of goals and creativity in them two alone. But you know, beyond that, Jordan Ayew, who's now in the Premier League, Leroy Fur, Wilfred Boney, these are really experienced players, all moved on in the summer. Um, and, you know, Borja Baston, by hook or by crook, has, has ended up back at the club. Had a great start to the season and scored, I think it was five goals in August, but he's only scored one since. And, and the most recent goal he scored was back in September. So he's desperately struggled. He's not been in the team recently. Uh, Sam Surridge, as I say, he had a good little spell. He was starting to improve and then Bournemouth recalled him because of the problems they've got down there. So all of a sudden, when they were starting to fix the problems, it's um, they quickly arose again. So it, they desperately needed um, reinforcements this month. And, and obviously, as well as his work rate and all the other qualities he brings, um, make no mistakes, Swansea want goals from Ryan Brewster as well. And, you know, as much as he is a young player that he's going to develop, Steve Cooper even said it after the game against Cardiff on Sunday that he wants him to, to deliver the goods now. He's not here just for experience, he's here to deliver. Is that the thing then that he needs the penny to drop? Obviously, sooner rather than than later. Obviously, only less than a week into this loan move. But I imagine the Swansea fans, certainly with a player with a high profile like Rian Brewster's, will be waiting that first goal. Obviously, first sight to see him at home this weekend against Wigan Athletic. But if they can see him get goals they're going to get right behind him immediately. Otherwise, a bit of, I don't know if it will be frustration, but I suppose that understanding that he, he is now in professional football. Yeah, I do see exactly where you're coming from. And, and maybe there's an element of fans seeing, you know, the name Liverpool is it's obviously got the massive attraction because of the, the size of the club. So there's a lot of expectation on his shoulders. It was the same with Peterson, obviously, even though he didn't play for Liverpool's first team. Jan Dando, when he arrived under Graham Potter, and obviously it's not, quite worked out as fans would have hoped for him after such a good debut last season against Sheffield United um, but no as, as a striker and with as I mentioned the other lack of options up front I think he really is expected to deliver so um, as long as he's putting that effort in and you can see signs of improvement fans will definitely back him and I, there will be no signs of getting on his back even if he does have a bit of a, a slow start in terms of scoring goals but yeah, ultimately that's what they want. You know, they want him to have a little run between now and the end of the season because let's not forget they're still in the mix uh, somehow for the top six. You know, the, the level on points with Sheffield Wednesday in, in sixth at the moment. So um, it was completely unexpected that they'd have a promotion push this season. But if he can be the man who just keeps them in that mix and you know ticks them along nicely between now and uh, May, then you know it'll be a, a very good few months for for him personally, but obviously for the Swansea fans as well. Yeah, crazy thing to think that in his first six months, sort of tasting regular first team football he could be the man who has the responsibility on his shoulders to perhaps try and force Swansea into that top six push yeah it, absolutely and you know you mentioned it earlier looking through some of the previous games Swansea have you know, been in decent form results wise recently they've, they've not been I think there's only one defeat in seven championship games at the, the time of recording now um, but they have been lacking goals that you have know, after starting the season like a house on fire, they won seven of the eight games in all comps in, in August. They were scoring for fun. Uh, those goals quickly dried up. And, you know, if Andre Ayew's not scoring, then, 
you know, you're looking elsewhere thinking, where are the goals going to come from? So there's a lot of pressure on Ryan Brewster's shoulders. Um, I, th- I think he understands that as well. You know, coming from a club like Liverpool, there's a lot of pressure on him anyway. And I imagine he puts an awful lot of pressure on himself to to, to deliver as well. So, um, yeah, he's um, as I said, Steve Cooper said he's not coming here just for experience. And in terms of Steve Cooper, then the man who, as, as you pointed out, led England to that under 17s triumph in, in the uh, Youth World Cup a few years back now, there is the feeling that perhaps looking from the outside anyway, I see that Connor uh, Gallagher has been recalled by Chelsea and has also been linked with Swansea City, that perhaps he is building a youthful side down there, which in many ways may play into Brewster's hands, certainly if he's played with a couple of these guys before. Yeah, 100%. Well, as I mentioned, the, the other signing they made this month, Mark Key from Chelsea, he was also in that uh, World Cup winning squad in, in 2017. Conor Gallagher, another one. Obviously, he's just gone back to, to Chelsea from uh, Charlton. I watched him in the game when Swansea played Charlton this season and against Cardiff as well. And he looks a real talent, you know, slightly deeper player, obviously, than Brewster as a midfielder. But, you know, if he's got a core there of, of young players who are, you know, chomping at the bit to prove that they can make it in professional football, then. You know, he's worked with these guys as well. He knows what they're all about, what they can and can't do. And, you know, if he's bringing them to the club, he obviously thinks that they're capable of making a difference. And, you know, let's not forget, as I mentioned, the financial situation, it means they can't pay for players unless some leave as well. So he does have to be creative. And, you know, loans are probably the the most feasible option for Swansea at the moment. I say most feasible, the only option really for Swansea at the moment, unless they, they shift some more big earners off the books. Um, and what better way to do it than you know, delve into that loan market with from players from top clubs like Liverpool and Chelsea, and, and players that have delivered, you know, success for you before in uh, in winning a World Cup. Well, Ian, it's been great to to catch up with you and get that progress report on Rian Brewster, albeit only ninety minutes into his Swansea City career. Hopefully, we can check back in with you at the beginning of May when the Swans are looking to uh, solidify themselves in the top six. <laughs> we can all dream. Yeah, we can all dream. <laughs> Ian Mitchell-Moore there, Swansea City reporter for Wales Online then, giving us that progress report on Rian Brewster and how he's getting on down with the Swans. Only 90 minutes, of course, into his Swansea City career, but we will all be, of course, keeping an eye on how he fares during the remainder of the season. Well, that's it here on Blood Red for this edition as we did just track the progress of Rian Brewster. Be sure to keep across our content through the YouTube channel and wherever you do get your podcasts from. Until next time, thanks a lot for your company and it's bye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.